Please select your player. A while, Dave emerges. The Rotem needs food. Badly. You widely DLC downloaded. Andrew plugin requires horse mod. Welcome, Welcome to, to another dungeon. Another dungeon. Hey. That was my line. Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Dungeon. I uh, need to keep on reminding myself that this is the name of the podcast, Another Dungeon. It's episode six, Revenge of the something or other. Um, <laughs> well, you've got it out now, so you don't have I've to. Got it out, you don't yeah. have to have that in the back of your head, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I need to keep. I need. I do need to remember that at the end of this podcast, I need to remember where people can find us. So I'll I'll have to keep that in my mind. Um, but this week, uh, we're joined by myself, Andrew, as well as Dave, who's on the other side of the world. Hello, um, hello. We we <laughs> had world. Tim. Well, I'm in Perth, so the other side of the world is, you know, everywhere. Melbourne. It's Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, that's the other side of the world to me. Um, this week we're going to be talking about Nintendo and their, yeah, essentially their, their step into mobile gaming, phone, mobile phone gaming, because they've already got a mobile gaming platform with the 3DS. Uh, also looking at Kojima, Kojimi, might help if I can pronounce his name properly, Hideo Kojima and Konami and their separation, um, who's signing the divorce papers in that agreement there, <laughs> um, and we also finally are going to have a quick look at Counter Spy, um, which I loved and Dave, I believe, did not so much. Um, so we'll I liked on it. I didn't that. hate it. Okay. Yeah, we'll cover yeah, that. We'll, we'll cover we'll, that later. Save we will. That for the end, you know, bit of a teaser to keep people listening. That's it. <laughs> um, so to start off with, Nintendo, they they they're jumping into the world of mobile phones. Well, um, sort of. They they're outsourcing it, but. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, well, I guess we should start by covering the news, huh? The news, yeah. The news is that they had a uh, their sort of Nintendo Directy sort of thing, uh, which they did recently, and mentioned they kind of dropped a bombshell that hey, we're going to be looking into to mobile gaming, um, which is something that many people, myself included, has said that uh, Nintendo should be doing mm. um, for quite a bit. Uh, so it's interesting to see them kind of scramble to say, "Hey, this is um, this is what we're going to be doing." They also dropped a hint that they've got a new console coming out as well, or they're planning on a new console or working on it, which is codenamed NX, I believe it is. Is that right? Yeah, either, that or, either that, or they're rebranding. So we've got Xenoblade Chronicles and then Project X. So this is just NX, which is New X. And then we'll have the new new X. <laughs> That's it. Well, who knows? It could be called. They could go uh, the Wii Unix or something oh, like that. <laughs> Isn't I, it? I actually, I actually find it. So, with what they, what were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say. Isn't a Unix something with no genitals? But um, I think I, you meant Unix, like the. <laughs> operating system. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think Unix is in the plural of a eunuch with his, you know, bits I, chopped I, off, going yeah. in the harem. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking of dogma here for a second, but 
nonetheless. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? I like that movie. Um, how do you say the company they're partnering with? Is it Dana? It's capital D, lowercase e, capital N-A. Um, I don't know. Dana, maybe? D- we, we probably should have figured Dina? it out prior to the Well, podcast. it stands for something. I'm going to guess it's um, pronounced D-N-A. There we go. With an E. Yep. Because <laughs> the domain was taken. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. That's all right. Um, what I like about this is that they're not just straight going and trying to release their IPs onto mobile platforms. Now, one of Nintendo's strengths to me is that they've got a very unique way of doing things. Um <clears throat> Ben Smooth on the forums, and I have actually talked about this quite a bit, but the Wii U is probably one of our uh, favourite current-gen consoles. I love the Wii U. Yeah, but because it's different to the PC. Everything on my Xbox and PS4, other than exclusive games, I can do on my PC normally better. Um, So the Wii U offers something that I can't currently do on my PC. Anyway... um, it does, but and it does it in a smart way as well, um, rather than trying to shoehorn in elements that, you know, oh, we've got this um, uh, this gamepad thing, which I think mm. they did with the Wii was kind of like, well, we've got these sticks that you waggle around and stuff like that, and unfortunately every single game had to, you know, they, they yeah, were have bound those by controls that. incorporated, yeah. yeah. But so you've got that, and the DS, the reason I love the original DS... Um, was because all the games used the touchpad and the dual screens and it was used well. It's one of the reasons I don't like things like, say, the current Monster Hunter and, well, you didn't like Rayman on the console. I didn't like um, Adventure Time and The Nameless Kingdom because they're just trying to emulate on that console what other systems do. Anyway, that's a completely different topic. <laughs> well, well, my, my quick point about that, the reason why... I just I just don't find the 3DS is a very comfortable console to hold for extended periods of time. So, mm. like, because it's a huge rectangle, I just don't feel it's comfortable in, in fitting in your hand. Unlike the, the Vita, which is nice and curved, it's ergonomic, which is why I think that their step into mobile gaming is interesting because, um, you know, it's, phones are designed to be ergonomic. Um, phones are designed to be well yeah I mean they're designed to fit in one hand 3DS is designed to fit in two hands and I mean I I probably complain a little bit yeah but I probably complain a little bit because a while like years ago I broke my hand so my my right hand is a lot Uh, so it's your personal gripe you're, yeah, you're just exactly. putting that on the whole thing. They should make consoles <laughs> for Andy. Yeah, why did they not think of my broken hand? Um, but <laughs> but what I'm interested about as you as you're going as you're saying here, they're going to develop their games from the bottom up and not just go. All right, we've got a phone. Well, here's Super Mario Brothers one. Here's Super Mario Brothers two. Uh, hmm. You can now play it by touching. Because if there's one thing, yeah, I well, hate, I mean, look, I, I'm sure they're not going to do that. That's they haven't said anything specific about that, have they? It's just really... No, they just... You know, speculation and, or... But, yeah. Yeah. So the thing I liked about it is... So what they have said, that's the hard part. You, you read so much about it and... you Yeah. 
If you if you see the um, Nintendo Direct, I think the link on our website still works for it. If you wanted to watch it, um, but the things that they did say was that they're so there's, there's forming a relationship with this DNA Dina <laughs> that mob Dina. That's um, my mother-in-law. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's her. And no? and they're going to have a. So what they're doing is they're developing a service which is um, cross device. Yes. And it sounds really, that sounds really, really interesting. So you'll have a single sign-on for your Wii U, your 3DS, that NX thing, phone, PC. I don't know. It sort of seems like they're going in the direction of of proper cloud gaming. Which is interesting because I'll bring this point up when we talk about Candice later on. Candice as well is a game that um, is embracing that idea. Uh, and I really like that idea in the sense that if you buy it on your phone, sure, you have to buy the PS version as well, but your save on your phone crosses over to your save on the PS, um, oh, which okay. is interesting. I haven't tried it out only because I'm not going to play it on my phone, but I like the idea that I can, and that's why I'm hoping that Nintendo goes down this path as well. Um, yeah, but I, it makes I, sense. I just wonder what kind of games they're going to create. Um is all because if there's one I don't like platformers on phones um, uh, and I find get mobile gaming really tedious to me because I want more buttons and if I'm touching the screen I can't see what's going on so that really frustrates me yeah um, I don't think that Dino are going to fuck it up, though. I mean, no, oh, gosh, from no. what I can see, they're mainly working on delivering the service. I don't know who's going to actually be developing the games. But knowing Nintendo, I I wouldn't imagine that they would produce... All right, have a look at the Wii U, the DS, and the um, the normal Wii. Mm-hmm. Right? They had unique inputs. And whether you like them or not, they made their games... They're good games to uh, embrace that type of input. It's yeah. the same with mobile phone games. The, the, I like games like Rayman Run, yeah. but I'd hate a proper platformer. Doodle Jump is a great example. It's just a fun little game, yep. but it used it used the inputs well so that you, you played it and you thought, yeah, this would actually be worse if I played it on something else. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people are worried that you're going to get New Super Mario Brothers 3 on yep. a phone, and I don't think they'll do that. I... No, I, I agree. I think what you're going to find, and uh, to further your point, yeah, I mean, all of the first-party games that Nintendo creates for their systems are great. You know, they mm. they are really great to play. It's your it's your third-party games that aren't very aren't as good as um, using the the sort of devices and stuff like that that Nintendo provides the the waggle and stuff like that. There's, mm. there's your odd games that really work, you know, Mad World, for example, or... Um, I never played that. I really enjoyed it. It's a good game. Visually, it looks great as well. Um, yeah. You know, so that kind of game really worked well uh, with your waggle and stuff like that. But I, I do I do think that Nintendo will be able to succeed in this area, and I hope that they really succeed as well, because, of course, I think their idea is that, oh, you enjoy this mobile version? Well, I tell you what... You know, if you if you play this version, then you can unlock these levels in Toad, uh, you know, Captain Treasure Toad, Tracker. Yeah. Treasure Tracker Four or something like that. You know, which is already what they're doing with um, the Amiibos and 
and things like that too. Oh, so don't get me started on Amiibos. <laughs> yeah, I just well, I'm just saying that you know, mobile gaming is a little bit like that in the sense that it's a it's an, an amiibo in a different version. They, it's, mm. a, it's another area of making extra money. So yeah, yeah. it should be good. We, we won't know much about it until next. Uh, what did they say? Mid mid next year, I think they said they were gonna. Yeah. Or whatever it was, sometime in 2016. Probably some vague term like holidays or you uh, know, uh, Tuesday yeah. 2016. Oh, if there's one term that pisses me off more than any other, it's coming holiday 2015. Which holiday? You know what? what? I'm talking and about. <laughs> I should probably say this offline, but I got the um, the release schedule from EA just yep. recently, and you'd love it. Three of the games have holidays. And I think four of the games have one thing I hate, which is seasons. So oh. Spring where? Do I assume America? <laughs> or because I'm getting this from the EA press, uh, the Australian press contact, do I assume? And why spring? Just say quarter or month. Like, yeah. Make it unambiguous. <laughs> that's, that's what I wish that gaming did, is change the terminology from seasons or holiday to coming Q1 2015 coming Q4 2015. I understand. Yeah. That's three months. All right, no worries. So we're going to expect Uncharted 4 in, you know, maybe November, maybe December, because it says Q4, for example. Yeah. I'm just using that as a, a random I think it's name. a carryover from um, movies, because, of course, when you see it in the cinema and it goes, coming this spring, yeah. you know, you, you know, right, wherever I'm watching it, that's this spring. Yeah. But anyway, that wasn't topic two. What was topic two? Topic two is we're talking about Hideo Kojima. Uh, uh, yes. He, the creator, the mastermind, the auteur behind Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> uh, a game series that I have spent maybe half an hour playing. Um, oh, really? In my entire life, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll that talk about that more in a second. Scene in, um... uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, apparently. No. Um, <laughs> Which I uh, have not played. Yeah. He has split ways with uh, Konami. Um, and I, as far as I understand, it's not a amicable split. Um, as soon as Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, or the extended edition of whatever you know, the DLC version was, uh, comes out, that will be his last... You know, exposure to um, Metal Gear Solid. He will no longer be the mm. mastermind behind that, um, which many people are understandably upset behind uh, about. Sorry. Um, and as far as I understand, although I don't think it's been officially um, announced or you know confirmed that he just won't be working on Silent Hills anymore. The obviously the new game with uh, Guillermo del Toro um, in the Silent Hill series. Um, so yeah, you've played a lot more of the Metal Gear Solid series than I have. So, what's your opinion? Yeah. Are you sad? Is this frustrating? Not particularly. So, from what I can see, actually, uh, I'm quite impressed at the way he's handling it um, with his public statements. To yeah. be honest, he's he's being very um, very. Vague, I suppose, is the word, but he's saying we've decided to part ways. Um, everyone should still get on board and support the team that are making Metal Gear Solid. He's not burning any bridges. 
And then from the Konami point of view, you see them and they've, you know, they've removed his name from the title. Yeah, which, which is, is... Yeah, that's a strange thing to just do all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, mm. And which I do find, yeah, I find it really strange, uh, especially for such a big, huge game series. Now, yeah. uh, from coming from a film <clears throat> lover's perspective, there's a certain thing called the auteur theory, which unfortunately doesn't really take... It doesn't um, happen so much in gaming. And that's where you can look at a person's game, a, a specific creator's game, and know, hey, that's a Kojima game, or mm. that's a Michelle Ansel game. You know that that's their particular game. And that's yep. why I find this interesting, because the relationship between Kojima, Kojima and Konami... It's only because they both start with K that I keep on mucking it up. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I find it interesting that that particular relationship has broken down because he is an auteur. He's, you know, this game series has been around for decades. It's, it's one of the, I'm sure if you, if you asked a non-gamer on the street, they might know, I'm pretty sure they would know what Metal Gear Solid is. Not what the game is, but they would know that it's a series mm. just like Mario and Final Fantasy. Um, so I find this interesting. And I also find it interesting because, of course, him leaving Konami means that he won't have a hand on Metal Gear Solid in the future. So I don't think he'd view that as a problem, though, because he's been talking about changing the way games are delivered, going back. See, we should have used the cloud uh, gaming as a segue into this. Of anyway, course. he's been um, wasted segue. Let's go back and re-record the past 17 minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because he's always been such a firm advocate of that, maybe this will be the thing that sort of unties his hands a little and lets him get away and start something new and fresh. Because, I mean, he's obviously a very creative guy. I mean, he was brought in for Metal Gear Solid 1. um, Yeah. As, like, right, we want you to create an army game, this, that and the other, and... And look what he came out with. He, he came out with something that had a... What did he say? I'm trying to remember. I saw him in the um, that game expo in Melbourne and he was talking about it. But he was trying to make a game that felt more like a movie yeah, than a exactly. game, which is what the things were at the time. And it's so apparent in the first games, which it, it like certainly them or hate is. them, but, you know. I, the reason why I haven't really played all that much of them is that um, a bit like Final Fantasy series or RPGs at times, um, you certainly, you know, feel like you need to dedicate a lot of time to them. And there's just so much game and so much story that, uh, that has already gone past that, you know, I just don't have the time to dedicate to this whole series unless I just stop playing any other game for a whole year and just focus it's, on it's that. It's not that bad. If you said Persona or Monster Hunter, I'd agree. But um, you can get the first three as the HD collection on Vita, which is how I eventually got around to playing them. And they were perfectly good for bursts like that. Yeah, see, I do have that. But, you know, my Vita, which unfortunately I can't segue just yet, is great for games like Counter-Spy. <laughs> Too early to segue to that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm interested to see where he goes, um, and I'm also interested to see what Konami does uh, with Metal Gear Solid series and with Silent Hills. You know how, you know, this is 
Guillermo del Toro's tried to have his hand in creating games previously, um, and they've all seemed to fail, uh, only because he has his hands in so many pies uh, as director, mm. you know, producer on TV series and trying to do games and stuff. So um, I, I fear that PT might be the only thing that we ever see from Silent Hills. And if that's the case, you know, PT is a great demo. Uh, it's fantastic, but I, I'll be saddened to see, you know, a series like Silent Hills not be reborn in a great way. Um, mm. And who's not to say that Kojima can't create something similar to that elsewhere? Uh, I think I think the main thing that Kojima has is so he's got the creative side, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think he's um, always he always seems to have been very hands on yes. with direction of the game yeah. and. If I were to hazard a guess, and it's pure speculation, I'd probably say that some of that hands-on is the reason for him and Konami splitting. I'm sure there's been some disagreement about direction or what have you, uh, which has resulted in this, which is why I think it'll be great that he's off by himself. I think he can come up with new stuff rather than just sequels, and I think it will be just as good. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think... I hope so. I, th- I think... I look at him in a way, he's a bit like the guy that, that created Deadly Premonition. Um, I, which, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't played that game, um, but I understand he's quite a, you know, I think that uh, Kojima is a, a lot smarter than he is, that, that, that creator. Um, but I'm just trying to find what his name is. Hidikaro or something or other. Saharu, I think it is. <laughs> so you found it, Mr. Gunso. Oh, no. <laughs> Hiditaka Suhiro, that's it. There we go, if I can pronounce it properly. But, you know, it's, it's again goes to that auto theory. They have their hands directly in how the game needs to be made. So, yeah. I'm yeah. interested. Whoever picks and arguably up... arguably they didn't make a fantastic game. Metal Gear Solid 1... And I know fans of the series will hate me for this, but it's not that great a game. It doesn't control brilliantly. There are there are loads of th- things wrong with it, but it's an interesting story and it's a great. It's really well presented. The direction that's gone into it, exactly what you've done. I won't bother yeah. going back. Exactly what you're saying. You can pick it as a yeah. Kojima game. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm also interested um, because Konami is not like uh, Capcom, who's just going to you know, abuse their licenses and create <laughs> crap constantly. Um, Super Turbo Advanced Metal Gear Solid 3 Alpha. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, but again, sorry, we'll wrap this up in a second. The other, my last point is, I wonder if it will, if it might end up in the same way that the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Mighty Man series went. Um, you know, they where the the creator of that ended up just going and creating something similar something that's similar was it mighty number no. 9 is that the the game I don't that's know, coming sorry <laughs> oh um, yeah okay yep sorry i get you now yeah so he went he went all right well i don't have um, my original ip but i'm going to do something that's awfully similar to it mm. um, and looks Pretty much exactly like it. Mega Man, not Mighty Man. Jesus, why am I uh, really mucking things up this afternoon? But Mega Man series created something just like it. So I wonder if he'll do that. Um, 
Anyway, I think we've talked mm. about this enough, uh, and I've gone around and around and around. So let's talk about <laughs> Counter Spy, a game which oh, I yes. recently played on the PS Vita, um, and as well as PS4 and PS3. Uh, and as I mentioned before, it's also available on mobile platforms. Um, it's where you play as a spy with the name Agent, um, and you're essentially trying to progress through levels, collecting intelligence to bring down the imperialist states or the socialist republic, who are both attempting to blow up the moon, um, just because. Uh, and I really loved it. It's a, it's a platformer sort of game. It's a 2.5D platformer. Um, with a bit of third person thrown into it as well. Um, and I, I thought it was a, a novel idea with procedurally generated levels. It, it was a lot of fun and ridiculously funny too. Um, I found it, I, I laughed a lot during this game. I thought, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, I didn't find it that funny. I did find it amusing, but not laugh out loud funny. No? Except, except for the missile code. Yeah, the missile code was hilarious. No, did you not? <laughs> I, I love the the beginning when you find out the agent is by himself because all the other agents uh, are recovering from a, a yoga accident. It's mm. like that kind of humor, I think, is is great. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and this I guess visual... I've just seen it in so many games that you know you get to the point of going, okay, yep, it's going to be that humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed it, and then you know other things, other things like the tips. Just like every game, you know, <laughs> yeah. shoot the enemy in the head for a quick kill. It's like, yeah. yes, that's that's true. <laughs> um, and burning things are dangerous. You should probably stay away from those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that kind of thing, which I think is is quite hilarious. And I know this was made with a very small team, and it was their first game. Um, and I think they've done a really good job. Um, it's really, really, really impressive. And even they though, have, it's, but I, I actually try not to take that into consideration. Like Same I don't here. normally look at that until afterwards because, yeah, you know why. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, same here. I, I don't tend to take that into consideration as well. And, and same, I, I only found that out after I completed it. Um, but it felt to me like a really polished game, even though it was slightly glitchy at times with the few enemies that I'd blown up being caught in scenery and stuff. Yeah, like. a few of them. I felt that added a little bit to the, the comedy. Usually I'd complain about glitches like I have done in um, uh, for Hotline Miami 2, which is some really comical bad glitches. Um, but Hotline Miami, well, in the first one anyway, the glitches I found with that game actually broke the game. In Counter Spy, they're just, as you say, they're amusing. The guy's still dead. He's just... He's just dangling in the ceiling, you know? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I found hilarious at times. And I um, often wonder if they leave that stuff in, knowing full well that we're all going to screenshot it and put it on Facebook and get a little bit extra coverage, you know what I mean? I Yeah, but I also think that they probably realise that, all right, no worries, this is happening, that it's a problem that's in the game, but it actually matches with the humour that the game has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which I thought was really, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, the thing which, I, I've been replaying this game quite a bit um, because the main story mission is, it's about two to three hours long on the first difficulty level. Um, but part of, which I'd usually complain about if I paid for this game, um, but I got it with PS Plus and, and it didn't bother me, but I do know that the full price of it is $20, I think. 
Um, and it probably feels like a $10 game. Um, yeah. I, I'd feel comfortable paying 10 bucks for it. But with that said, I really enjoy dipping back into it on the higher difficulty levels and just, you know, going through those procedurally generated levels. It makes it feel really fresh. Yeah, I just checked mine. An hour and 51 minutes from me. I played it through once. So it's yeah. very easy to see how long I've been playing because I just checked once. That, yeah, the, the things, the problems that I had with it or the reason that I didn't think it was fantastic was the, sometimes the flicking between 2D and 3D didn't work and I would have guys shooting at me from off screen. Uh, sometimes, uh, so um, just in case the listeners haven't played it before, you've got your DEFCOM level goes from five, four, three, two, one, and then you've got a minute, I think, yes. to go and silence the thing before they fire off their missiles. Anyway, if a guard sees you and then you hide again and he can't find you, he jumps on the radio and your DEFCOM starts uh, raising. I had a few levels where, without anyone seeing me, that would start happening. Okay. And I ran around the level trying to find this guy, and then it was some guy who was in a position that I was unable to shoot at from any of the cover. Sure. So it's just one of the little glitches with the sort of, I guess, with the procedurally generated levels, but it happened. And that kind six of. Six or seven times. Sure. That, and that. Yeah, and that feels like something that's um, a little bit unavoidable in a way because it's procedurally generated. And because the the enemies can not necessarily can rogue legacy is procedurally generated, Spelunky is procedurally generated. Like yeah, but are, I, I mean, in the ascension. sense that um, I mean, in the sense that this the the enemies can walk in the background where you can't. Mm. Uh, you're stuck on that two D plane or the two point five D plane and can only um, shoot in like shoot into the background if you're in cover. That kind of thing. Mm. Um, you know what it would have fixed it actually I think if you could flick between first person and I guess that wouldn't work though because yeah you'd need to be in cover first person but if I could flick into first person I probably could have got around all of those problems that I had I, I will say now now you mention that it, it does feel like a game that that could have benefited from a system like um, Super Paper Mario had where uh, which I really enjoy it's a good oh, game on yeah, the Wii where you flick yeah, that's a really enjoyable game. Mm. Um, but I look, I I enjoyed this a lot to look past some of the the glitchy flaws that it does have, um, and it's become. I've got two games now that I, I regularly swap between uh, Spelunky and Counter Spy as being mm, my two games to go to on the PS Vita. Um, well, it looks and sounds great as well. How good is the, oh, that, the graphics and music? It's yeah. perfect. The graphics I didn't like the just, graphics at first, but then yeah. once you get into it, you go, wow, this is actually, it's stylistically done like this on purpose, and it really works well. Yeah. Coupled with the music as well, it looks like you're going through an old poster from, you know, yeah, from that time, yeah. the colours and everything. is yeah. It's like a, a print. Yeah, and the jazzy music is just <laughs> fantastic too. I really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, look, I, I really think it's a good, really good game. Um, and you know, it's it's a game that I I, I do recommend, even with some flaws. Um, but I didn't experience the same ones as you did, so um, which makes it hard uh, to sort of if if you experience the flaws that I didn't experience, 
you know, it's obviously mm. creates a whole different experience. Um, well, especially I, as I think I experienced them quite a bit early on. Okay. Yeah. So when you get it at the start, when you're forming an opinion of a game, the rest of the time you're playing that game, you're going, oh, shit, I hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know, I've committed myself to this DEFCON 2 level because it's got more bits of stuff that I want to get. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. Hotline Miami 2, just to quickly um, talk about that for two seconds, does exactly that. That um, When I started playing that in the second or third level along, uh, there was a few major glitches that really, really frustrated me quite a bit. Um, characters getting, like enemies getting stuck in walls and things like that. And um, uh, this term which I created, which was disco dogs, that just <laughs> they just rotate on the spot. Uh, the dogs. Mine did, mine did that in the first game. Okay, it never happened to me in the first game, but it is really glitchy in this game. Um, mm. And to the point that they would, you'd turn the corner and go to shoot them, the dog, and then, and they'd be spinning on the spot. And then just as you turn the corner, just like all the enemies in Hotline Miami, they recognize that you're there straight away. Mm. Um, but instead, the dogs would just be right on top of you without having actually moved. It's like they're uh, spun up okay. and then just gone. You know, <laughs> Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's for a, a discussion at a different time because I have other issues with Hotline Miami. Um, well, I probably never... won't be playing Hotline Miami too, so you'll have to discuss it with someone else. No, well, <laughs> it's to do with the ratings of it, but that's a we'll save that for a future podcast because I've got a few ramblings to to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I just want to touch on. Uh, to the moon for two seconds as well, um, which is a really old game. It's four years old. Um, is it really? Yeah, 2011 it came out. Um, it's and using I, the same engine I'm using for Hive, would you believe? Yeah, I can believe that. Um, and I will say, you've you from <laughs> the screenshots that this is not sucking up to you or anything because I have no reason to really suck up to you uh, in in this sense. It sounds terrible. Oh gosh, what a terrible thing to say. But anyway. Um, I, know, I know what you're about to say, but he did everything himself, um, and I've actually seen <laughs> the texture packs that he used for that game. Sure, um, and they're pretty cheap. Okay, all right. I was going to say that paid, yours looks much better. I've paid two artists to do artwork yeah. specifically for my game and spent about seven thousand dollars so far. Yep. Okay. So I'd hope that mine looks different. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks much better, much much better. Um, uh, yeah, so it's yeah. that's that's for sure. Um, I our listeners your will question, have to. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> all right. Well, you knew what I was gonna. Yeah, but um, that that I actually didn't mind the visual style of it. it it's in you know it looks good, um, mm. but my frustration was that I felt that the gameplay elements at times took away from the story, and uh, there's one specific character who almost ruined. If it wasn't a four-hour game. I would have turned it off after an hour because um, I just couldn't stand one of the scientists. I was going to say it'd have to be one of the scientists. Yeah, but that game, the the reason to the moon is great for me, isn't the gameplay. I enjoyed walking around and discovering stuff. I hated the find item X. I hated the between yeah. level puzzle things. I fucking loathe that that running along a corridor shit they put in at the end. Ah, oh, don't get me um, started on that. The... It's almost like he ma- it's almost like he had a great story in his head. 
Yeah. He didn't quite know how... I, I felt he didn't quite know how to write the dialogue, the framing dialogue with the scientists, because that felt like it clashed a bit. Yeah. And you keep opening your mouth and sort of pissing you <laughs> off that I keep talking, isn't no, it? No, no. It's but just... it felt like he had this idea for a game and then he wrote the story and then he got that and then he went, right, now I've got to chuck in the framing, now I've got to chuck in game bits because it's meant to be a game. What I, what I felt was that I, I feel that, yeah, okay, he threw in those gaming elements because I don't think he was confident. I don't think he felt confident with the story that he was trying to tell. And mm. when you look back four years ago, I understand why he wasn't confident because of the market at the time. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to be a, a person trying to push ideas in an industry and being one of the sort of, not the first people, you know, it's, this kind of story hasn't been not done before. You know, it's not mm. the first time that something like this has been done in games before, but to do it in such a way, you know, that tells an emotional story. Um, it's hard to be one of the first people to go, all right, here is something that I'm really confident with and I stand by and this is a really emotional story. Because at the core of it, it is a really emotional story. Um, mm. But I think he put in those gamey elements, like there's a nod to Buddy Plants vs. Zombies in there, which, you know, that series pisses me off as it is. Yeah, and it's... And, I was just like, there's no point in having that in there, especially at the climax of the game. That really took me out of it because it's at a What's point. The nod? Um, it's in that corridor section, um, and the character, the zombies walking along, and the character throws a pot plant at uh, one of the zombies, I think, or there, there's a plant that um, that's in the scenery, and he says something along the lines of, "You're uh. not going to be any help to me." Um, which I was just like, okay, for starters, there's no point in having the zombies in there. It didn't feel like something that the other character was going to do anyway. Um, it just frustrated me. Uh, yeah. And then again, like I, I thought the RPG nod at the beginning was amusing. But now I think back on it, it really, it didn't need to be there. Because... No, that was a, I think that's because that's built into the engine that he was playing with. Okay. So he threw it in there and thought, oh, I'll just make this funny little I like the humor of that because when it started and you had to it was attacking a squirrel wasn't it and if you choose yeah. to attack the squirrel the kids are horrified yeah I, I, the squirrel. <laughs> yeah I went to attack the squirrel because I thought okay this is that sort yeah, of game what you're meant to do yeah um and then yeah they went no no, no don't do, don't do that that's mean um but I just I'm gonna have to make a lot of notes to remove all my uh, in-game references now no but you see there's that's a there's a difference because <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, my game's just a... Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't played your <laughs> game yet, so I can't say, you know, if it has an emotional story like that or not. I, I, From what you told me, it does have elements like that, but it's more of an RPG than anything else. Whereas this felt like a story about yeah. grief and uh, regrets and stuff like that. And then having these jokey elements just felt not... Like there was no confidence in mm. it. Um, I'm going to play the uh, DLC this weekend, so I might complain about that more. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, I'm glad that it, with all this argument against it, it is frustrating. It's a frustrating game, but I'm glad that it does exist, though. Um, yeah, I love it because the way they did the story and telling that story in that game, that we need more stuff like that. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a like step the in the game, right direction. Yeah, whether you yeah. like the game or not. it's. But unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's got a cult following now, and so people get confused. Um, it, it's much like when I speak to somebody about um, Monster Hunter or... Yeah. There's another game I was trying to think of. Oh, or Super Smash Brothers. The people that love it, love it for the right reasons, but they're blind to the negatives of it because of that love. And to the moon, there's this crowd of people that say it's a 10 out of 10 game, right? It's a 10 out of 10 story. It's a 10 out of 10 emotional adventure. It's not a 10 out of 10 game for me. No, I gave it 5 out of 10. Um uh, yeah, yeah. The 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 other elements of it just brought it down a lot for me. But again, going back to your, your Monster Hunter thing, there are people who love the game a lot and then um, make excuses for the the flaws that the game has. Well, mm. it's there for a specific reason. Well, you're only saying that because you love other elements of it. I'm sure mm. I would be able to say exactly the same thing about Rayman. You know. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but you play yeah. a game often enough and those flaws, you don't view them as flaws anymore. You're like, yeah, that doesn't bother me because you've played through seven yeah. iterations of the game. But as someone relatively new to the series, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to make it about... No, no, exactly. Monster Hunter, hang on. We don't need to make it about Monster Hunter, but we're talking about To The Moon when we started talking about Counter Spy. <laughs> uh, and, and to bring it back to that, hey. I enjoy Counter Spy regardless of its flaws. Um... So, yeah, you know, certainly... But they weren't game-breaking flaws. No, they weren't game-breaking. No, no. So the To The Moon flaws broke the immersion. Um, yeah. The flaws in... Well, yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, anyhow, I think that that's probably about it. I could actually go on for hours about how much uh, that game frustrated me, but I won't because we have listeners and they have lives to live <laughs> and they're probably a bit frustrated in hearing me ramble on about these sorts of things. Well, at least I'm here standing up for it, because I thought it was a great game. It's good. I'm glad you're standing up for it, because um, otherwise it'd just be me talking, and uh, that's pretty boring. Um, uh, we can talk about um, romance in video games next week, if you want. We can do, and that's the because reason I'm, why I'm I played big, To The Moon. I'm a big witcher. Yeah, I think I suggested it to you, didn't I? You did indeed. As a romance. Yeah, yeah that's... A t- no, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> regarding that, um, if you do like what we talk about on these podcasts, do hit us up on our website, which is anotherdungeon.com, um, and read a bit further about these sorts of things, where there'll be a review of To the Moon coming up, an article about romance. Um, you can currently... The article about romance will be up by the time this podcast is up. Yeah, um, I will say... Um, now, it's been up for about oh, two weeks now, but there's a really good article uh, about parkour, um, mm. which I think we possibly talked about in the last podcast, but I can't remember, so I'm going to mention it again now. Um, written by Jair McBain about um, parkour. I think we did actually mention it, but nonetheless, it's really it's good. It's still Don't a really a good article, yeah. yeah. Um, so have a read of that. Uh, there's also reviews for... Um, Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor has gone up, as well as Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Um, so go and have a read over there. Uh, also hit us up on Twitter at, at Another Dungeon and Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Another Dungeon. Um, well, you can just go to the website. If you go to anotherdungeon.com, all the links are in the top right. Yeah. It's got Those Twitch, little... Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. It's fantastic. Uh, we're, we're also on Stitcher now as well, aren't we? 
Um, yes. So if you Stitcher is a mobile app that's really good to use uh, for listening to podcasts like the one that you've reached the end of um, <laughs> right now. Um, so search for us on there at Another Dungeon. You can listen to us on the go. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add, Dave? No, only that the song this week is by Jonathan Coulton, and it's called Code Monkey. It's from, uh, I think, around 2007, and he wrote it about um, his experiences um, when he was a programmer. Anyway, I won't spoil it for you, but I'll provide the link for more information and, um, yeah, put the song at the end. Cool. Um, So till next time on Episode 7 of Another Dungeon, where we... um, (laughs) Stop showing uh, off, you know, numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only say that because Tim's not here and he screwed up last time. Uh, and I usually screw up myself, so, you know, yay, thumbs up me. Uh, so till well, He's a, not even here, so we, can, we can tell everyone what we really think about he's, it. He's off playing Bloodborne, so, which is probably something I think we're going to touch on in the next episode, I would assume, uh, because mm. it's, it's big. It's a game that everybody's loving. Um, so oh, till then, I've got it sitting here, shrink wrap. Don't tease me. I'm making myself finish Shadow of War was, before I pick it up. If I was going to tease you, I wouldn't tease you with, "Oh, everybody's playing Bloodborne." Why? That's, that's the perfect thing to tease me with. <laughs> no, I. I'm a huge fan of their games. By oh, the way, everybody, uh, Dave recently turned sixty uh, the oh, other week. <laughs> you didn't even come to my party. I told yeah, I know, I know. Lots well, it's because you stopped making you hot dogs. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Andrew uh, lives on the other side of Australia from. Oh yeah, we covered that at the start. We did, yeah. We've actually <sighs> come full circle. There you uh, go. This, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week. See you on Fortnite's time. See you later. Bye. <laughs> I wasn't saying goodbye to you, I was saying goodbye to the audience. <laughs> Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager Rob. Rob say, Code monkey, very diligent, but his output stink. His code not functional or elegant. What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code Monkey not say it out loud. Code Monkey not crazy, just proud. Code Monkey like Fritos. Code Monkey like Talon Mountain Dew. Code Monkey very simple man with big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code Monkey like you. Code monkey like you Code monkey hang around at front desk Till your sweater look nice Code monkey offer buy you soda Bring you cup, bring you ice You say no thank you for the soda Cause soda make you fat Anyway you busy with the telephone No time for chat Code Monkey have long walk back to cubicle He sit down, pretend to work Code Monkey not thinking so straight Code Monkey not feeling so great Code Monkey like Fritos Code Monkey like Tab and Mountain Dew Code Monkey very simple man Big 
for a fuzzy secret heart. Cold monkey like you. Monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code monkey just waiting for now. Code monkey says someday, somehow. Code monkey likes Fritos. Code monkey likes having Mountain Dew. Code monkey, very simple man. Big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code monkey like you. Like you.